Welcome to the Brilliant Minds podcast. Brilliant Minds is a two-day thought leadership summit where we gather the most innovative international luminaries, global decision makers, and young emerging talents of our time to discuss the future in the world's creative capital, Stockholm, Sweden. Created in 2015 by Ashpur Nori, founder of At Night Management, and Spotify's founder, Daniel Ek, Brilliant Minds and Symposium Stockholm provides a platform and week-long festival for creative individuals with powerful ideas to come together and interact with a global community of leaders at the intersection of arts and technology. The theme for this year's Brilliant Minds was collaborative creativity. The notion that great ideas and great business happens in between. In between tech and music, fashion and music, innovation and art, in between American and European cultures. In the marriage of the old and the new way of doing things, magic happens. My name is Natalia Brzezinski, and as the CEO of Brilliant Minds and Symposium Stockholm, I'm so happy to say that we're now sharing a lot of our content from the event via this podcast. What you're about to listen to are a few of the speakers that spoke at Brilliant Minds in June. Today, globally, there are almost 100 fact-checking initiatives operating in 37 countries, a 50% increase in fact-checking projects since 2015. But we're also living in a moment where the first headline out there often sticks, true or not, fact or fiction. And the loudest, most abrasive voice on social media gets the most attention. What's the responsibility of information sites, news sites, and people to maintain the integrity of truth? Someone who should know is Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia, and joining him as moderator is Ralph Simon, chairman and CEO of Mobilium. Hör mår du? Kjernelaget. We wish we could be Swedish. We wish, we wish, we wish. There's so much here that is just so great. And to have Jimmy here in uh, Stockholm is just a great pleasure. And I thought just to set the scene, just to ask you to just imagine something. Imagine that you were from Ostersund, and imagine that you love boats and boating. And imagine that uh, your father ran a grocery store, and your mother was a teacher, and you were raised to have a thirst for knowledge and for encyclopedias. The only difference was, this was not Ostersund, this was Huntsville, Alabama, in the South America, where you were raised. <laughs> so if I could just set the context, just to give those of you... Say that again. There Roll Tide. 
Like, honestly, no one's going to get this joke. No one's going to get that joke, but we, we'll get to that in a minute. It's from down home. Don't worry. Down home. So <clears throat> let me just set the scene for you to give you some context. Um, Jimmy goes to university. He uh, does two degrees. He decides to do a PhD, drops out of that, moves to Chicago, joins a, uh, a Chicago Futures, an options company. And throughout this period, he decides he wants to come up with the idea of a portal he reads an essay by a famous social theorist called The Use of Knowledge, where information is decentralized as a tool for the open source movement and decides he's going to set up a portal. He, uh, he starts in 2001, he launches Wikipedia. He then sets up the Wikimedia Foundation. In 2004, he launches Wikia, which is a wiki hosting service. And uh, he then starts to develop this and uh, basically his entire rationale in setting this up is because his core is reason, individuality, capitalism, and integrity. So this session today is all about integrity. Jimmy, uh, first of all, I just thought we'd talk th through just a few of, the, of uh, Wikipedia's uh, uh, reach, 15 billion page views a month. 7,000 news articles per day, 80,000 unpaid volunteers, and if you wanted to read all the Wikipedia articles in English, it would take you 21 years to read. <laughs> Jimmy Wales. <laughs> and I think you, yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I actually think you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to uh, read it all because we're writing faster than anyone can read. Huh. So <laughs> it's growing by uh, a rate uh, at least for now, that you could never catch up. So 15 years on, Wikipedia is really at a whole new junction point, and uh, Sweden features very highly in terms of uh, the Wikipedia audience, right? Yes, it does. I mean, there's actually something very interesting of all the languages of the world, and we really divide things up by language, not by country, because uh, that's just the way it works with an encyclopedia. The number one largest language in Wikipedia in the world is English. Uh, that probably wouldn't surprise you. What might surprise you is number two, which is Swedish uh, language, is the second largest yes. language version of Wikipedia now. Yes. Of course. People ask me, you know, why is that? And I always say, well, it's just it's because Swedes are so smart and good looking. <laughs> they only ask me that when I'm in Sweden, and it's a very popular answer. But uh, no, the, the truth is the, the Swedes have slightly cheated a bit, uh, but it's a really interesting story. So there's this guy, uh, Sverker Johansson, who uh, has created a bot, uh, and he creates, uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article about him that says he, you know, on a good day, if he creates 10,000 entries, that's, that's good for him. And basically, he's gathered together a lot of databases, mostly about plants and animals, scientific databases, and he's generating short articles on every species uh, and so uh, the Swedish Wikipedia was already in the top 10. So it's not that they completely cheated, but they really catapulted above uh, French and German um, with a bot. Uh, How so many articles did he experiment. actually, uh, was he responsible for initiating? I, you know, I, I don't know the current number. Um, about a year ago, it was well over 500,000. I think it's well One over One individual basically responsible yes, for that. Yes, yes, he's perhaps... Um, by using this body, he's probably the most prolific author in the history of the world. But, um. <laughs> so uh, this is also emblematic of the fact that you've got citizen journalists that are doing things for Wikipedia in this form, like Sverker mm -hmm. is, is doing here in Sweden, um, but you banned in China. 
That's right. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, so we have always uh, taken a very strong uh, stand for freedom of expression. Uh, we've never agreed to comply with government censorship anywhere in the world. Uh, in China, we've had a mixed history. We were completely banned in China for several years. Then we were open in China for several years. Um, as of uh, this past summer, uh, we got blocked again in China, all language versions. Um, and we're in, engaged in a dialogue with the Chinese government, but it's actually very difficult. Uh, there was a period of time when Wikipedia was broadly accessible in China, but they filtered out certain pages, uh, the pages they didn't like. So Tiananmen Square or The Artist Ai Weiwei or Tibet. Lu Xiaobo. Yes, uh, a lot of these kinds of things, sensitive issues within China. But uh, starting last summer, we have now encrypted all access to Wikipedia. Uh, so when you visit Wikipedia, it's HTTPS rather than just HTTP. So it's just like when you're at your bank. That means someone who's spying on your connection, they can tell that you're talking to Wikipedia, but they can't see which pages you're reading. Huh. And so the Chinese have lost the policy option of being able to filter certain pages. Huh. Um, now, this is true, by the way, worldwide. And so in many of the places where we used to have filtered access to Wikipedia, they've chosen to just let go. Um, they'd rather not have to do without all of Wikipedia. And so in certain Arabic countries where Wikipedia was previously filtered, it's now uncensored. So this is a positive step. The Chinese, on the other hand, have taken the choice to have no Wikipedia. Uh, and that's where we are today. And we can't really go back to the old equilibrium because we're not going to unencrypt so that they can monitor people and, and filter Wikipedia. So it's a, it's a tough one. But you basically are, are upholding the integrity of Wikipedia by taking that stand. Uh, have course, you tried yeah. approaching the Chinese government? When Xi Jinping, you sometimes get to see him at some of these things. Can you approach that high level and say, come on, guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just went in December and I met with the minister. And uh, we had a, you know, it was a, it was a real governmental meeting. So two chairs like this with a plant in between, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, it was like a summit meeting. Uh, we had a, a friendly dialogue, um, but I'm not budging. He's not budging, so, so there we are. Okay, next issue we'd like to look at is uh, Edward Snowden. Mm. So here's something interesting. Just last week, Eric Holder, the former Attorney General in the United States, was interviewed by David Axelrod, former senior counselor and advisor to President Obama. And Eric Holder said that he gives credit to, uh, to, uh, to Snowden for starting the surveillance debate, but he should still be punished because what he did was illegal, although he did perform a public service. What do you make, what's your view of Edward Snowden? I think he performed an enormous uh, public service. Now, what I always say is I can't give an, a completely uh, unqualified uh, endorsement of any person. I don't know everything he's done in the past. I don't know what he'll do in the future. But in the main, he's been very, very careful. He has only worked with journalists to release things in a very careful way. He hasn't released anything that uh, put any agents in danger or anything like that. Uh, and Even though the sparked. American government says that he did. Yeah, of course they do. But um, there's no evidence of that. And right. certainly, mo generally speaking, I mean, when they say things like that, what they mean is he sparked a public debate that has amazingly ramped up demand for encryption. The public really wants a secure internet, and so people have moved very much to using, you know, WhatsApp, a uh, very popular chat app, uh, just switched to Indian encryption. Telegram's gotten very popular, Indian encryption. Websites like Wikipedia are increasingly encrypted, um, and we're doing that throughout the industry because the public wants it. Uh, they want uh, security, and of course, that means 
uh, the government's not that happy. They used to be able to spy on what everybody was reading in Wikipedia, and now they can't. So. Well, Eric Holder said that the Espionage Act in the United States doesn't permit a public interest defense. And this is notwithstanding the fact that the NSA typed into the servers of all the major internet companies, including uh, Facebook, Yahoo, Google, Microsoft. This was a big issue, and so your view is that Snowden did serve public interest. Yeah, I mean, f f my view is that uh, that aspect of the law, I did not know that, I'm not an expert on, on the law, that aspect of the law should be changed. That I think he should go to trial. Um, you know, he's clearly broken the law. Um, that's what we do in a civilized society. You go to stand trial. However, he should be able to say, here's why I did it. I was unveiling wrongdoing, illegal acts um, by the government. That should be a valid defense. Will he win on that? I'm not sure. He might, he might not. But th that defense should be available to him. And of course, he's said many times he's happy to come back uh, to stand trial. He just wants certain, uh, you know, he wants to plea bargain. He wants certain guarantees that they're not going to execute him, which is a fairly reasonable request. Very um, reasonable. You know, um, I'm sure he's not very happy sitting in Russia, um, but it's better than being dead, so, you know, uh, yeah. So, um Sweden's got its own uh, example of something similar, which we'll come to in just a minute. But here's a quote from Bob Marley. You might be interested. Bob Marley, a, a soothsayer in many respects with his lyrics. The greatness of a man is not how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively, which is what Wikipedia does and what you've been doing your whole career. However, in Sweden... A very, very well-known professor of criminology by the name of Leif Persson, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, who was working for the Swedish National Police Board, um, he discovered that the former justice minister, Lennart Geyer, um, was tied to a prostitution ring here in Stockholm. And he got fired by the uh, National Police uh, Board, which then led him to become an author. Uh, he's written 16 books, he also... Uh, researches crimes and so forth, and uh, his latest book, Bom Makaren Okhanskvina, good book. Um, Jimmy, this Swedish example, how do you read that? I mean, you know, this is, um, this is an era when uh, people, people really demand information. They demand quality information. Um, I think, uh, you know, a guy like this is, uh, is a great hero, you know, to sort of bring out uh, good information. Um, obviously, he's a popular author, too, so that's kind of cool. So. Yeah, I read three books trying to decipher what happened with the Olaf Palmer assassination. Yeah. yeah. Very important yeah, author. Yeah, good stuff. And, you know, we, are, we do live in an era that, uh, despite, uh, you know, the trend that we can all decry of, of uh, clickbait headlines, or in our introduction, sort of the loudest, angriest voices on social media. Um, we also see in the public an enormous demand for quality information, for in-depth information. And actually, uh, at Wikipedia, we're we're really quite old-fashioned, uh, surprisingly old-fashioned. Uh, we are always looking for reliable sources. Uh, we don't accept, you know. Random things from Twitter is not a valid source for Wikipedia. Um, blogs so the are integrity is really sustained at a very serious level. A very serious level. And it's, you know, if you go into uh, the discussion pages of Wikipedia, or you, you see the community members discussing, it really is all about this. How do, we, how do we improve the quality? How do we make sure everything in Wikipedia is uh, accurate, neutral, reliable? Um, and obviously, we don't get it right all the time. Nobody does. Uh, but for me, it's a really wonderful thing to see that 
these old-fashioned concepts of the integrity of information uh, still have as much resonance uh, as they ever did. And, and we see this in the, the passion that people pour into this. Now, you mentioned the word clickbait. How many of you here are not familiar with the word clickbait? So we've got a really smart crowd. <laughs> they know clickbait. And I they won't we, be clickbaited. I'm sure almost everybody has, has clicked on a headline from typically BuzzFeed. They're very good at it. And then five minutes later, as you're clicking through 23 funny cat pictures, you're, you're just like, why am I wasting my life? Uh, that's clickbait. That's clickbait. You know, it's a very tempting headline and you click it. Actually, they're getting worse. Uh, recently, I clicked through one and uh, it was 23-something, celebrity-something. And I thought one of them looked interesting. At the beginning, I went, clicked all the way to the end, and the celebrity who was in the, in the teaser picture wasn't even in the list. No, oh, that's clickbait. So I was like, come on, really? You made me click all the way to the end. That's, so uh, this gives us a good opportunity to talk about Wikia yeah. and fandom, yes. because what's happening with truth and with integrity is that moments of truth are no longer managed by brands or by companies or by products. Tell us about Wikia, some yeah. of its impact, and Fandom, this really fascinating mm -hmm. new platform that's taken off like a rocket. Sure, yeah. So uh, Wikia's traditional thing is uh, encyclopedic in-depth guides, uh, mainly to video games and TV shows. I mean, you can come to Wikia and build a Wikia about anything, but those are the most popular. So if you're a fan of uh, Game of Thrones, for example, and you find it really complicated and really hard to follow, you should go to the Wiki uh, because it's got a biography of every character, a summary of every episode, and so on and so forth. It's become incredibly popular, 160, 170 million uh, readers every month. Uh, and recently we've launched something called Fandom where the same community of people is now doing original reporting and research, mainly in entertainment and gaming. And one of the things that we see is, you know, these days, who's, who is truly the expert uh, on, let's say, Game of Thrones? Is it really the reviewer for the New York Times? Probably not, because they're reviewing lots of things and they're good at wow. TV reviewing. But the real expert is this group of probably 30, 40 like, super fans who really discuss it and are, they're really into it every day. And they make really sure that all the information is uh, like very detailed and very accurate. So um, it's a real shift of power from um, you know, sort of a handful of, of broadcast outlets into the people. And it's, it's much better than what we normally think about in this realm, which is just people screaming at each other on Twitter and things like that. So, so the new truth really is born by this new cascade of citizen journalists, citizen fans, fandom, wikia. Mm. Uh, this is really the new... And, you're yeah, an editor of The Guardian. You run the board of The Guardian newspaper I'm now. On the board of The Guardian That broke now, the Snowden yeah. and the yeah. Julian Assange yeah. stories. You're in a fantastic position to observe all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really fantastic. And I, I think just to tie it all up, because I see the, the timer's blinking, they're going to yank us off stage in a minute. They will. Um, all of this that, that happens at Wikipedia, Wikia, is, is down to a, a real, genuine community of people who have the power, who are trustworthy because they have the tools to stop bad people from doing bad things. And without that real community, it would all be a, a huge mess. And so the good news is most people are basically decent. And if you give them an environment uh, and the social cues to do good work, positive work, they will. So, as Bob Marley said, <laughs> do the right thing, practice integrity. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Wales. Right.